crashed through like a ball. Don't argue. Uses the 15. Oh. How good is that? And what well played by Carey. He's away. Left foot snap. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Wayne Carey. Plays on. Seconds only remaining. They've got to take a mark. Yeah! Dixon has taken a mark. Shoots for goal. He kicks the goal and Hawthorne wins the game. Hello and welcome to Don't Argue, powered by Bet Easy. Dale Crotty in the chair, Ben Dixon once again out. He's been dropped, omitted, well, after been. last week. Yeah, because last week what he did was he put $71 of your hard-earned, Jay, on the Hawks at 310 <laughs> to win as the best bet. Rubbish. I was so certain on Richmond. All year you had a lead in our charity bet competition, and then Dicko steps into the chair for one week. And just drags you down to his level. He's well, lost the pot, Dicko. You know what? At I need bet, to get rid of him. At Bet Easy, we're customer friendly and <laughs> we've refunded the bet. Yeah. And you're back to $220. Justice. I'm putting it in an official <laughs> protest, though, because as much as this is great, it's great for the charity, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but if Dicko's bet had to come off, that would have netted Jay about $200 and he would not have been complaining. He would have just put that in his back pocket and said, oh, look at my tally. I'm up over 400 now. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he's effectively got a bonus bet last yeah, week. Yeah, he, he got Jay. a free bonus yeah. bet with Dicko, which he burned, but still, would, I'm not happy about that. I would not have accepted it, Jay. <laughs> you know I'm a man of principle. Anyway, let's get to a few of the final specials we touched on last week. The Gary Ayres medal and probably a few of the players we... We're expecting to poll probably not as great as they were, whereas someone like Dylan Grimes came up and got full <laughs> votes, and mm. he's now into, I think it was 20, $21. I'm still happy to stay off Dylan Grimes, for the <laughs> record. I don't think he polls again uh, in the in the medal. Dusty was really the only superstar. Yep. Gordon Oliver got a couple. Yo, Yo got uh, he got the full 10, didn't he, as well? Yep. Um, but the big disappointment for me was Brody Grundy. I thought he was going to um, do a number on the, the West Coast Ruckman, but I think he actually got beaten on the day um, by Vardy in particular, who had a really good game. I'd be looking at the Melbourne uh, players here, a couple of superstars, and in particular, Clayton Oliver, now at $15. So I like Melbourne to win against Hawthorne on Friday night and then take it right up to West Coast the week after. So I think Melbourne is a huge chance to play, if not three finals, then four finals. And Oliver, in the form he's in, looking every bit a future Brownlow medalist, uh, I think uh, Clayton Oliver at $15, Jacob, is the I think, pick for me. I think your logic is right. And I, the way I'd be going with that, though, is Maxi Gorn. Yep. Because he's also on the four votes. Uh, he's got a little bit of a head start. And the Ruckman, who, once again, the Ruckman who is going to come up against uh, a no match for him. He's got uh, Rory Lobb this week. He'll, uh, uh, sorry, no. no he's got he's Ben McAvoy, sorry, this week. He'll, he'll do a number on. Then he'll get Lysette and Vardy, who Brody Grundy should have done a number on. If he gets into the grand final, he'll get Nank, who he should work over as well. So um, the form he's in um, late in the season, um, it's... It's just either Oliver or Gorn if they make the uh, if they make the grand final. Well, they're both on four votes at the moment, so if one of them managed to pinch, say, four votes against Hawthorne on the weekend, that puts them up to fourteen, and uh, that's going to be pretty hard to catch, especially if they do do a number on the Eagles the following week. So. Gorn at $13, Oliver $15. Uh, the favourite at the moment, Dusty Martin, $3.50. He's on seven votes. And Elliot Yo, $4.50. And he's on full votes at the moment. So the other markets we did look at were the most goals in the finals. And there wasn't really a big back. I mean, it was no. pretty low scoring. Well, week. Sam Wiedemann, I had Tom McDonald because I thought they were um, going to kick 100 points like they did. 
But it was Sam Wiedemann, not Tom McDonald, kicking all the goals. So that was a real disappointment for me. We talked about Jesse uh, Melbourne not relying on Jesse Hogan. And at the weekend, with Sam Wiedemann's breakout performance, you see how well he and um, and McDonald work together. I tell you what, if Melbourne get the offer of two first-round draft picks for, from Fremantle for Jesse Hogan, and then that gives Melbourne the cachet to go after a midfielder like Josh Kelly or Dylan Shield, I reckon that could be a, a perfect trade. Anything over... One first-round draft pick, and I'm jumping at that off. For Hogan? Yeah. If it's yep. one first-round draft pick, eh, I could take it or leave it. If you're giving me a first and a second or a first and a first, just where do I sign? Mm, I like it. Yeah, very nice. The last market we were looking at was the fantasy points. This is your uh, bread and butter, Jacob. How'd you go? Tommy Mitchell had a good start, but gee, did Clayton Ola, uh, sorry, not Clayton Ola, did Elliot Yo pick up some fantasy yeah, points? Yeah, a monster. Week? Uh, but, yeah, don't you worry about Tom Mitchell. He still had 38 touches and um, racked it up. So he's uh, he's shortening. As long as they can keep winning. That's the risk with Tom Mitchell is the fact they get knocked out this week and then he's out of the and market. you've got your Melbourne scarf on when you say that too. So I don't, <laughs> I don't like the chances of that happening. And Taylor Adams uh, had a good game for Collingwood against West Coast. I was staggered he came back on the field after copying he that. He didn't look right, did he? Head knock. He looked like he was on Mars, or at least he thought he was on Mars. He had absolutely no idea where he was. He was arguably their best player up until that point as well. So it was a real loss for Collingwood, especially the way that last quarter was played, where yep. it was chaos. They needed Taylor Adams, yep. and as you said, he looked he looked out of it. He played in the last quarter, came back to the bench, uh, trained on Thursday, trained today. So he's expected um, to play, but uh, I would have thought he might have been in some doubt, but he did some handballing today at least. The AFL, I think, almost need to investigate that, though, because they have strict rules over concussion. He looked concussed playing on the field. He looked super concussed anyway. I'm sure <laughs> Steve Hocking will be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, before we get going, the Bet Easy AFL Finals predictor is underway. So last week, Jacob was gloating about his four from four. I think that was pretty impressive as well. I tipped against <laughs> I know Buddy. You do. Buddy didn't even, uh, barely even touch the ball. I called that one. Called O'Meara over Cochin. Called Yo for the tackles. He was a leading tackler on the field. So. Uh, four from four last week. Uh, we'll see how we go this week. Um, just stay in contention for that. That's you, special. You can get your selections in at the BetEasy website, BetEasy.com.au. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Don't Argue to go into the draw for some footy tickets for Collingwood and the Giants as well. We'll get into the first game, though. It's Friday night, Hawthorne versus Melbourne. And the favourite in this one is the D's quite easily at $1.45, I think it was, around that mark. We'll $1.48. $1.48. There you go. They've drifted slightly. Now, I th- the risk I have here is I love the Demons. I think that's been very well documented well on established, this. Well established, yeah. But there can be a bit of an overreaction in this round of finals to the team um, from 5-8 to eight because they come off a nice win and everyone gets around them and you see the team in the one that's come off a loss and you think, oh, wow, they got smashed by Richmond last week. But especially when you look at maybe the next game and, you know, they beat Sydney, who didn't even deserve to be in finals, whereas Collingwood had to go to West Coast. Guess what? The Hawks played the Richmond at the G. Nobody beats Richmond at the G, and everyone is all off Hawks because they lost to Richmond at the G. There shouldn't be much surprise, really, that um, the, the Hawks have lost that game. And you look at the last 10 years, it's 16-4 in favour of that top four team coming up and uh, bouncing back against that loss. So I actually, as much as I love the Demons, I think this is actually well well done by the traders. That, that This seems about right to me. Um, for me, what's going to be very interesting is, is how Hawthorne can mop up um, Melbourne's chaos sort of handball. So we know that Melbourne get numbers to that to that 
congestion into that clearance, and then whether it's Oliver or Brayshaw or Harms or whatever, they just whack out that handball. And sometimes that can go anywhere. But those Melbourne midfielders back themselves to win that ball and surge forward, well, don't they? It's remarkably similar to Richmond in the yep. style from, from Stobridge. Just, look, we're going that Which way are we kicking? That way. That way. Yeah. All right, get it going that way. They kick long, I think, the most of any team. They kick forward um, the most of any team as well. So it's long and yeah. it's forward and it's direct. Um, but, 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 but what we know, Jacob, is that Hawthorne play sometimes that, or a lot of the time, play that spare man in defence. Yeah. So if they can mop up around the backside of that stoppage, I, I think this is going to be an interesting style versus style game. So um, you're right, there has been a lot of hoo-ha about Melbourne. I think Hawthorne, as much as I like Melbourne too, could be up to this in their eyeballs if they can manage that chaos situation around the clearance. And if they have that man around the back of the stoppage, I reckon that could be very interesting. Do you you think the conditions played a big effect last week? Because I felt that Hawthorne had some plans. They had some ideas. Clarkson says he's a system-based coach. But their system is largely based around trying to um, have a bit of control over the ball. Mm. But the conditions that got thrown up in that game, it was just a bit... um, damp, it was a bit wet. Harder um, for them to play the uncontested. And, and they just couldn't game. get that uncontested game going. So yeah. the weather looks a bit better this Friday night than it did last week. Yep. Maybe they can get that game going. Maybe can, they can execute um, their style and actually put Melbourne in some trouble. Yeah, No Ben Stratton though. Blake Hardwick copped a knock on his hip is sore. Saw Jack Gunston in the rooms uh, after the match also. He was limping, ice on the left side. So I think uh, Gunston is, is sore as well. Um, but I just Any won- injury concerns for the Demons? Uh, no, they're all clear. They're That's all good. they're all clear. Oh, Hibbert, uh, Hibbert had the, the quad question mark, but he's been uh, cleared to play. So look, as much as I love Melbourne, I think Hawthorne at the line. 15-point head start or 14-and-a-half, that's the way I'm going to go here. Um, I think this is going to be a much closer game than we saw at the weekend. Just just another thought on this game as well is I would avoid betting on Tom Mitchell to have a lot of disposals here. Now, we saw him 38 against the Tigers, but the key to that was he wasn't tagged. And we've seen this year, when he hasn't been tagged, I think he's averaged about 44 disposals. Well, Harms is going to go to him. And when he has been tagged, he's dropped down to 32. So I think the odds of him getting 30 disposals are about $1.20. Yeah. Mm. But if he gets tagged, he, he averages about 32, 33. So all the, the odds I saw for Tom Mitchell having a lot of uh, a lot of ball this week were really unfair to him because we know Harms is going to be sitting on him. That's he did right. a great job on Salwood. So... Just when you're betting this week, maybe either go on the unders for Thomas Mitchell's disposals or just avoid it altogether. Harms is suddenly looking like one of the top 50 players in the competition. He's the yeah. most improved player in, in the AFL. I, I can't believe uh, his performance over the past six weeks well, and some of the competitions. Who, the, I, I would players. argue that the, the most impo- improved player this year across the whole league might be Brayshaw. Yep. Now, he was in, the, in their team rounds one and two, and now I think he's a top 50 player in the league as well. Yep. Reliable midfielder, inside-outside, kicks off both feet. Um, he's, works hard in defence and then hits the scoreboard as well. So he's almost the perfect two-way midfielder to complement um, Clayton Oliver. And then you put Harms in there who's doing the defensive jobs. Their, their, their development of that midfield group has been outstanding. Yeah, you've got two of the most improved players slotting right in there to help them. So. Do you think if you're another team, you'd be targeting Harms now? You're looking at what he's doing. He's really third in line in that midfield and... There's a lot of money going around for a lot of players, but Harms is Harms is someone at the moment where you might be able to throw him a number um, that Melbourne just simply can't match. Well, he re-signed at Melbourne, I think, on, on modest money, probably 400, and I reckon within a, a month his value shot up by you know a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars. There's been some talk about how well Melbourne timed that deal because if they <laughs> left open, he would have cost them a lot more money. Did do you think that Melbourne's performance last week? has been inflated slightly by how poor Geelong were. 
No, I don't think Geelong, I, I don't think Geelong were that bad. I know everyone looks at that game and uh, there was there were some real negatives to take out of from Geelong's point of view, especially from that first quarter. But after the first quarter, it was a, it was a very competitive match. They just got beaten out of the blocks, uh, and everyone, you know, really exaggerates. I think the the dire strait that um, that Geelong are in. Yeah, they finished eighth, but they they actually probably deserve to finish a bit higher than that. And people were mocking to Patrick Dangerfield for suggesting they can win the flag next year. Of course they can win the flag next year. Look at that list. If you were any coach in the league, and it's probably one of the top four or five lists, they just have to tinker with the way they play, and they could be right in contention next year. So. What, what style of game do you think they play like? It's the most unidentifiable, <laughs> most hard to decode. It chops and changes, and I think that's the hardest part of it. You know, Round five last year it changed, and then halfway through this year it changed. Um, and they're not playing to their strengths. They've got some of the best offensive weapons in the game. Their midfield is is outstanding. Um, so I think, yes, this year was a, a disaster for them, and rightly so they get, get criticised, but they're not far away from turning this around next year. So next year I, I'd almost uh, be looking at them for top four. What is your bet for Hawthorne Melbourne? I found, as I said, I found it hard, so I'm just going to stick with the demons. Just head to head, get on. Uh, I backed him in the last. At a dollar forty eight. Dollar forty eight. I think it's short. Oh, I'm surprised with how short it is um, for the traders. Everyone's getting on board. They're on board. They're on board. The trade. I'm really upset because I, I feel like I was on board for it first. A few people joined in. That was fine, but after that result. Everyone was on board. Bruce McAvey was on board. Everyone was saying they could win the flags. So and where were you four weeks ago when they were playing West Coast in West Coast? Yeah. We were saying it back then. So um, it's nice to have everyone on board the uh, the Melbourne train, but um, a, it has changed the odds uh, in a negative yeah, capacity they're, they're for They're a bit tricky because you think Melbourne are going to win, but $1.48 is kind of short because Hawthorne at two seventy is actually really good value. Yeah. But... Yeah. You're still probably going to back Melbourne. Well, you hedge you? your bets and you take Hawthorne at the line at, uh, with a 15 point You keep start. the faith. Melbourne are going to win the flag, so they're going to win this game. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next one Collingwood and the Giants. And uh, Collingwood just getting rolled late. Can you believe that was Lewis Jetta's first score, I think it was, for the season? Oh, I've, I've had him on my fantasy teams all year. We do a keeper league, and I can tell you he hasn't been doing a lot all year, so <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Um, what really disappointed me, though, for Collingwood this week was Mason Cox and the forward line and the, just their inability to um, to have any semblance of an aerial contest against McGovern and Barras and Hearn. Um, that, that, you know what the strength was. We spoke about it last week. The strength of West Coast was aerially, and they just could not sit the ball on these guys' heads. And repeatedly and repeatedly, they just bombed it in and sat it on these guys' heads, and McGovern had about four intercept marks within five, five minutes of the game. So... Um, I think it was it was uh, an error in the coaching, in the sense that the way they moved the ball inside fifty was wrong, and then their their performances by some of their forwards um, let the team down. Yeah, I think um, I I honestly thought it was one of Collingwood's best performances uh, for the year. I really like like the way they came back in the second and third quarter. Clearly, the work rate dropped off in the last quarter, and they dropped off badly around the clearance. So I didn't think their forwards got great opportunity uh, in the last quarter. Travis Varko, they, they hit the post twice in the third quarter when they had the momentum, and Travis Varko slipped over yeah. by himself running inside fifty. They kicked another goal or two when they had the momentum that third term. But I reckon Collingwood. That- would have won that game. The final quarter was a disaster in a sense. The game almost got put onto Collingwood's terms, though. It became a chaos game. It became a, a game that you would have thought they should win. But who were the best two midfielders on the ground? It was Yo and Redden. Redden. Yeah. 
who would have thought that the best two midfielders on, in that game were going to be Yo and Redden? It should have yeah. been Pendlebury, who had two touches in the final quarter. It should have been Trelaw, who had three. It should have been Dugowie, who had two. It should have been any one of the Collingwood stars. But they got smashed in the final quarter in contested position and clearances yep. by the Eagles. I think that's where they'll bounce back uh, in exactly that area this weekend. I know GWS has an ultra-talented midfield, but I'm looking to the Magpies to really win this game in the shoebox in that area to see um, uh, to see Scotty Pendlebury bounce back with a really good game. I think Sidebottom uh, side also has the potential to have a big one here. Taylor Adams, despite the knock to their uh, Adam Trelaw, would be better for, for the run. So I think Collingwood um, win this game. Have you had some words to Pendles? You do a podcast with Pendles. Mm. He, that was almost the most disappointing game I've seen him play in 10 years. I think if you go, that's a big call. Um, he doesn't well, he doesn't, He doesn't. let you down. That's the key with Pendles. Yeah. And he had 17 touches and two in the final quarter. I think if you go back to early in the first quarter, in the first five minutes, I think you'll see that he copped a very heavy hit to his mouth from an opposition player's uh, head, which may have dislodged some of his teeth. Oh, so, okay. Well, there's, there's a bit of an explanation behind it. I think he copped a heavy knock uh, very early in that game. Um, but look, I think back on the MCG, I think Collingwood win this game. They're a dollar fifty nine. Take them head to head because I think they're going to book a preliminary final against Richmond. But you are right in saying they need Cox to step up. I was down at um, Olympic Park this week. I did see Cox here working very hard with Brenton Sanderson on his marking. Jordan Degoe, you think would be better with Hoskin Elliott, Joshy Thomas. I mean, they were very close to winning this game in Perth yeah. last week. An interesting area of this game as well you can watch is the forward 50 stoppages for GWS. Now, if you remember back in round two, uh, the, there was a, a bit of a debacle for um, the Collingwood team in defending their um, those sort of stoppages. GWS got a few cheap goals, and then that was when Bucks went on his um, growing the beard out for as long as oh, they could. The defensive. The, the, oh, yes, that was yes. from the defensive 50 stoppages. What 50, we, yeah. Now, what we saw last week from GWS, they kicked five goals three from forward 50 stoppages against the Swans. So that is going to be an area of focus, I think, for Collingwood. He's shutting down that area of their game because Jitterbos were really struggling at scoring from their initial entry against the Swans. But how they were getting it was they were getting it, locking it in, getting a stoppage, and then scoring from that stoppage. So um, Collingwood put a massive emphasis on it and actually have been the best team at defending those stoppages for the rest of the, the rest of the season. Have they? On the back of... Number one, the beard. <laughs> All you need on, to on do is grow a beard. out his beard, so maybe you can take a bit of credit for that. Um, but that's just an interesting thing you can watch during the game. I'll ask the same question for this game. Are GWS inflated because of how uh, poor Sydney were? Because yes. Sydney were legitimately poor. Yes, they were They were shocking. They were terrible. They didn't deserve to be in finals. We said that last week. They were the, had the worst inside 50 differential of a finalist since 2001, and they played like that. They got smashed in the inside 50 differential in that first half and we just hanging on by a thread. And I didn't think they'd get to 20 points at one stage. I was hoping they wouldn't get that. Was, I had a few records lined up. That <laughs> was set to break, and they kicked a few goals late to break uh, to ruin it. So who goes to Toby Green? Uh, they're saying Maynard, and I, we've had a few conversations about it during the week. They've got options. If, if it doesn't work with Maynard, they could move Greenwood there. He's been playing in defence. If it doesn't work with Greenwood, I think Jeremy Howe would be a very good matchup for him. He can play one-on-one, manage him aerially, and then hurt him going the other way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not worried by Toby Green in a sense that if he gets off the chain, Bucks is going to be able to go, okay, what's plan B, what's plan C, what's plan D? Um, and they'll be able to work it through a few uh, different players through him because they have, they have the, their defense is almost 
seven players who can play on Toby Green. Josh Kelly with the torn uh, meniscus. Yeah, will he get up? There's a chance he could still play. That's I've crazy. had torn meniscus in both my knees, and a dead set <laughs> could not get off the couch. So <laughs> if he can play four quarters of football, it will be a medical miracle. So uh, I'll be surprised if, if uh, Leon Cameron takes that punt uh, in September. So do you think Lockie Whitfield will get tagged in this game? Um, he's certainly a bloke um, to keep a very close eye on. Because he um, moved up to a wing this last week. First time for the year he's played yeah. on a wing to get to avoid the tag. Yeah. He was, had the most disposal on the ground yeah. and was very damaging. And and Maine has played that role for Collingwood in the past. He's he, They think that he's one of the, the best off-ball defenders um, in terms of you know sort of um, keeping a lock on the opposition's wing. But I just wonder whether Whitfield might have too much agility for him. Um <laughs> Probably don't have a, a natural matchup unless they go with a shootout, you know, in Tommy Phillips. Yeah. I think that could hurt the Pies. If he goes to half back, who's the forward that will go to the defensive forward for Collingwood? So, I, I, as Greenwood. you said, I, I, Greenwood, see, Greenwood's playing defence and midfield at the moment, so it would be a change in structure to move him down there. Um, I don't mind um, the idea of putting Maine on him and just saying to Maine, you sacrifice mm. your game because he plays forward or he can play forward or wing and go with him in either position. Varco could do the job on him. Um, but you need someone, I think you have to commit a player to taking him out of the game because he is the key for GWS. Well, he's similar to Tom Mitchell, isn't he? As soon as you have that tagger on Whitfield, his numbers drop. Yes, they plummet. He, yeah, they... he really can't handle it because he gets all his ball um, on the outside. A tag for him is especially effective. Central. Okay, tips? Tips? Uh Collingwood. Collingwood head-to-head. Uh, $1.59. I think people have overreacted to the performances last week. They're the better team. GWS on the road. Uh, for numerous reasons, I think Collingwood are good odds at $1.59. I will take them uh, at the line. So minus 10 at a $1.92 for a bit of extra value. I, I just... I'm salivating at the prospect of seeing Collingwood, even off a six-day break, take on Richmond at the MCG. Mm. I mean, I think just all footy fans can't wait to, to see them. I think Collingwood... Well, those tickets be harder to get than the grand final tickets, I think. <laughs> I think Collingwood has been very good against Richmond over three quarters. Both times Richmond beat him in the fourth quarter pretty comprehensively. And um, I think that uh, could be one of the games of the season. But I'm expecting the Pies to bounce back pretty strongly this weekend. Okay, we're going to go to a quick break and then we've got our best bets for Fights MND where Jay's tally's back up to 220. All right, let's get into a best bet for Fight MND. Jake, give me your $193.86. You got your best bet last week in yes. Melbourne. You had Flying 50 at $1.75. Good stuff. I just need to catch Jay. So I just I, I always have to go first. Yeah, I'd love to see what Jay's doing before I put All my All right, bill. well, let's, we'll get Jay let's, to go. Can we go Jay first? Yeah, I'll just have 50 on the pies uh, straight up at... Um, $1.59. $1.59. Oh, I'm going to put 75 then. Ooh. On the Demons straight up. They've been my team all year. So mm-hmm. 75 on the Demons for me, yep. please. And that's a $1.48. There we go. Best Ruffy. Best Ruffy for me. I'm going to go for Max Gorn to lead Group A for fantasy points in the uh, Melbourne game. I think he's going to dominate the ruck and there should be a few stoppages. I'll have Isaac Smith, Hawthorne's Isaac Smith, to get a bit of ball on the outside. He's paying $7.50 to have 30 possessions. So Isaac Smith to have a uh, strong game against the D's. There we days. go. And how much was yours paying, Jacob? 
four dollars. Four dollars. Four dollars. Just $4. a nice juicy four dollars. Good. And best multi. I just suppose we're just going to take one from each game. Is that right? Well, I'm going to add a few. Another leg oh. in there. Just I'm going to go with the uh, the two favourites, Collingwood and Melbourne. I think they'll both get up. But then I'm going to throw in a couple of NFL legs as well, just to get this. You can't have a multi with two. Let's not a multi for me. I go with four <laughs> legs. So I'm going to throw in the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been looking uh, pretty good. Um, backing up their Super Bowl uh, defense. And then we're going for the Atlanta Falcons, who are my favorite team. Um, they're playing at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium at $1.41. So I've put them in as well, and that's paying over $6. I'm going to have Hawthorne uh, at the line. So Hawthorne plus 15 into Collingwood minus 10 at the line, and together they're 370 days. Good value right there. Okay, thanks for... Thanks for all your insight today. We'll be back next week. We'll see if I'm back in or Dicko is. But anyway, make sure you do leave a rating and a review on the show and you do follow us. You'd be unlucky to be beaten out by Dicko, the form he's in at the moment. I I know. After last week. There's a lot of fan cheering for Daisy to be in the chair every week. Well, you know, I, you know, I've, I've cemented my spot in the finals. <laughs> I've just got to make sure I can get there to the, uh, the last game in September. That's the goal. All right. Thanks for tuning in and gamble responsibly.